1 Corinthians chapter number 1, please. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. We want to look again at the cross. The last four gatherings, last Sunday morning, Sunday evening, this morning, and then again tonight, we'll consider the theme of the cross. I never get tired of preaching the cross. The Apostle Paul never got tired of preaching the cross. I hope you never get tired of hearing preaching on the cross. It's such an important, it's, it's the foundation, it's the starting point for all uh, born again, for all of salvation, all who would trust Him. It's a place where you begin, you take Him to the cross. And the cross has both a negative and a positive. The negative is that sin, sin is what put Christ upon the cross, love of Christ for the sinner. Uh, but the positive side of that is that Christ died for us. He did not stay there, but he rose again the third day. That's the positive side, so that we might have eternal life, so that we might live because he lives. We too also can live. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and let's consider afresh again this evening the cross as we enter into this week and this time looking forward to our missions conference and it's because of these reasons that we do have a missions conference. First Corinthians chapter 1. We're getting reading with me in verse number 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom, by their wisdom, the wisdom of the world, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But to them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Here we see in this text the, the, what the world would call foolishness. But what the Bible and we as believers know is wisdom. It's talking about the cross. The, the, the focus of the text is upon the cross again this evening. The word cross, we mentioned it a number of times, is found all throughout the Word of God. In the New Testament, we see the cross over and over and over again. Uh, when we consider the cross, we know of, and we will discuss just briefly tonight, the, the cross means suffering. The cross means separation. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The separation of a holy God from his holy and righteous son as he took upon the sin of the world. He took away the sin of the world. We see the cross in its separation. We see the cross in its service. The, the serving Savior. Uh, our theme out of the gospel of Mark. The servant Savior. The fact that Jesus Christ would, would stoop, would come down 
uh, and as we noted this morning out of Psalm 22, a worm he called himself would, would condescend to this level to serve sinful mankind, to serve those who rejected him, to serve those who hated him, to serve those who were his enemies. And also we know the cross, not only does it speak of suffering, of separation, of service, but it, praise the Lord, it speaks of salvation. If we're going to get to heaven, we'll have to go by way of the cross. Uh, the gospel, it's all about the gospel. The gospel uh, has the cross through and through in it. And, and it's the way of salvation. When Jesus was there on the cross, on Calvary, there were three crosses there, as we know in the scriptures tell us. There's the cross of rejection. That one cross they rejected. Uh, there's the cross of rejoicing. The one on that one cross, uh, remember me this day when you enter into your kingdom. This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. There's one that received this salvation. There's one that rejected. But the cross in the center was the cross of redemption. One received it, one rejected it. It's called oftentimes, we find a number of times in the scriptures, it's called the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ. And we could turn to several passages, but let me read you one out of Galatians 6 and verse number 12. Galatians 6 and verse number 12. Um, am I in the right passage? Galatians 6 and 12. Yes. But God, verse 14 rather, but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. He said, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross, uh, his cross, the cross of Jesus Christ. And again, that is mentioned a number of times in the scripture. The, the phrase out of our text in 1 Corinthians, the preaching of the cross, um, that's what's found there. It's the preaching of the cross is the proclamation of the gospel. It's the proclamation of the gospel message. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is them that perish foolishness. But unto them which are saved, it's the power of God. He sent me not to preach. Uh, with words, using words of wisdom, but he sent me to preach the gospel. And the, again, the cross is, is through and through. The gospel and the cross cannot be separated. The preaching of the cross pleases God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. That is, the preaching of the cross, the gospel. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It's not the act of preaching. Someone would hear a service like this, and another service where the gospel is being preached. And it's not the act of preaching, it's not the style of preaching, but it's the message that's being preached. It's the gospel message. And some would scoff at this gospel message, some would make fun of this gospel message and call it foolishness, the, the wisdom of the world which is ignorance, which is lost in sin, which is blinded by Satan, would consider the gospel and say it is foolishness. But for the rejectors, 
those who reject the cross. Uh, the gospel is condemnation to them. The Holy Spirit comes and he convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come. Uh, this is foolishness. And as they cry out and saying this is foolishness, it is to their condemnation. But to those who receive the cross, it's to our cleansing. Praise God for his cleansing power. It's the cleansing that comes by way of the cross. It is unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. The preaching of the cross is to go and to tell all nations. Why preach it? Because we do this because we're told that we're to go to all men in all nations. And we're to proclaim. We're to herald, if you will. We're to speak of. We're to establish churches. How do we do that? Through the preaching of the gospel. Through the preaching of the cross. It's to be done by the church. Please get that. It's to be done by the church. Uh, that means every born-again believer. Born-again believers make up the church. So the preaching of the cross is not left merely to the preacher. The preaching of the cross is not left specifically to the missionary. But the preaching of the cross is left to all born-again believers. Every single one of us. That's why we have a missions conference. That's why the importance of it. So that God would stir our hearts. So that God would uh, light a fire in our bosoms. That we might give and we might go. That we might pray. And we might be a part of this sending message. It's so important. And it's why we gather for this week. Everybody's to be a part of the preaching of the gospel. Uh, many, when we preach the gospel, every man and every creature, many will hear it and they will think it foolishness. Some will hear it and they will see its power and receive it and be saved. But it's not up to us to determine who will receive it and who will not. It is only up to us to send it. It's only up to us to proclaim it. It's only up to us to preach it. And that's what it's all about. Some will receive it. Some will reject it. And so I know that maybe at times we might fall into the trap and say, Well, if I open my mouth, if I give a tract, or if I, if I speak of the things of God, they'll not receive it. That is not our responsibility to determine. We're just supposed to give it. And that's what a missions conference is all about. Why preach the gospel? We noted, first of all, because it pleases God. The preaching of the gospel. Again, it's not the mere act of preaching, the style of preaching, but it's the message that's being proclaimed. This message pleases God. Why does it please God? Because it glorifies God. It lifts high the Lord. It brings what has been accomplished. This he did for us. It brings the act that he did for us into focus and into light. And it glorifies God. Every time the gospel is proclaimed, the way of the cross is preached. It's a track is given out. Every time this happened, this happens, then 
God the Father says, I am pleased in my son. It glorifies, and I think all of heaven literally rings with joy because it brings glory to the heavenlies. 1 Corinthians 1 and 21, for after that the wisdom of, the, of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So why preach the gospel? Because it pleases God. I would never want to be part of a church that didn't preach the gospel. If I was in a church that didn't preach the gospel, I'd go find a church that did. A church, I believe, is blessed most when it preaches the gospel. And we ought to be something that we never get tired of. That old, same old story. It never grows old. It ought to be something that we long to hear. And it ought to be something that we get into the hearing of lost people. In any way possible. It pleases God. Not only does it please God, but why preach it? Because it's the power of God. It's the power of God on display for all to see. When the gospel is preached... We see what Christ did. Christ was victorious upon Calvary. It's the power of God in, on display. But unto us we are that are saved. It's the power of God. When someone trusts Jesus Christ as their Savior and that life is changed, that is the power of God that's on display. It's on display in the life that's received it. It's on display in the proclamation of what took place there on Calvary. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks. Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Why preach it? Because it pleases God. Why preach it? Because it's the power of God. It's the power of God into salvation to all who believe. It produces also. Why preach it? Because it produces the believer. It produces the believer. Born again. The saved. People cannot be saved unless they hear the gospel. I remember sitting in a church service one time. And, and in the church service, there was a preacher that got up to preach. And I guess what's what you call it. Not one gospel invitation was given. Not one gospel message was given. No verses with regards to the gospel. It was literally... A comedy show from beginning to end. A comedy show. Just joke after joke. Story after story. No gospel given. And at the end of that service. Supposedly. A number of people got saved. And I asked the question. How could someone get saved. If they don't understand they need a savior. How could someone be saved. If they never heard the gospel. It's good news. It's good news. And all need to hear it. It produces the believer. Without the gospel, someone cannot be saved. And I don't believe will be saved. Because they, it must speak of the cross. It produces the believer. People get saved when they hear the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Not only does it produce the believer, it's the power of God, it pleases God. But the preaching of the cross, it pardons the sinner. And that's really what makes the believer, it pardons the sinner. Neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. 
You see, the understanding of the cross is that my sin was placed upon Calvary, upon Jesus Christ. My sin was upon Him. And so in that receiving, that's that great transaction that takes place. My sin is placed upon Him. When I put my faith and trust in Him and Him alone. And it's not Him plus something. It's not Him plus my good works or my deeds or my religion. It's Him and Him alone. When I place my faith upon Him, excuse me, my, my, when I put my faith upon Him, my sins are placed upon Him, and then He places His righteousness upon me. That great transaction takes place. Why preach it? Because of these things. Now, what is the gospel? We probably don't need to stay here long, but it's interesting. What is the gospel? It's God's Word. It's God's Word. He died according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Paul declares that the, it's the gospel of death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For I delivered you first of all that which I received, how that Christ died. And again, according to the scriptures. The gospel is Bible. It's God's word. The death of Christ upon the cross, the burial of Christ in the tomb, and the resurrection of Christ from the grave, never to die again. This is the gospel message. What is the message of the cross? Specifically, when we consider it, what is this message and how does it fit? Well, there are several things that we might consider with regards to that. The message of the cross is, we noted it, it's the preaching of God's word concerning sin and holiness. The preaching of God's word concerning sin and holiness. Uh, we don't hear a whole lot about holiness these days. We've allowed some to rob that word out of our vocabularies. Rob it out of our churches. Uh, we're scared of that kind of mindset. It's holiness. The word holiness simply means separation. You see, sin separates us from a holy God. God is holy. He's separated unto himself. He's separated unto righteousness. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that he might be made, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's the message of holiness. Really, that's what the gospel is about. God's holiness. And sinful man cannot enter into the presence of God's holiness. We mentioned it this morning, the hymn, Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? The holiness of God and the sinfulness of man. And there's a, there's a meeting here. There's a meeting at the cross. And the holiness of God comes out victorious. The battlefield, if you will, at the cross. And holiness and sin and and. Christ in his flesh, he does away, he takes away the sin of the world. It's a message concerning sin. Whose sin? My sin. The sin of the world, your sin. It's a message of God's holiness, his righteousness. It's a message of God's hatred. Does God hate? Yes, he hates. He hates sin. 
It's a message of God's hatred for sin. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The why could be put there. The answer to that question is because God hates sin. It's a message of God's punishment for sin. It's a message of God's payment for sin. Why preach it? Because it's a message concerning sin and of holiness. Why preach it? What is this message all about? Because within this message, it's a message from God's word about love and about sacrifice. About love and sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And I mentioned that. That's that great transaction. That's that sacrifice. That's that great love. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us so much that he was willing to die for us. He said, I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Why? It's a message of love and sacrifice. 1 John 4 and 10, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. God loved us. He demonstrated that love to us. He has shown that love at the cross, but out throughout all of eternity. And God's continued to show that love. Praise God for it. It's a message of sin and holiness. It's a message of love and sacrifice. It's a message of righteousness and peace. It's a preaching from the word of God concerning righteousness and peace. To be made right with God will have to go by way of the cross. Look with me at Ephesians, if you will. Ephesians chapter 2. Just a couple verses. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Ephesians 2, 13 through 17. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is... Our peace. It's a message of peace. It's a message of God's righteousness. It's a message of reconciliation. It's a message of fellowship. For he is our peace who made him both one. Who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. That he might reconcile. The idea of reconciliation, again, is peace. That he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. It's this issue and it's this mindset when we're preaching the cross, it's the preaching of the word of God with regards to, to peace. Peace with God and peace from God. Knowing that if we die today, heaven's our home. Knowing that there is no condemnation. 
We're reconciled to God. We have the peace with Him. The message of the cross is the preaching of the Word of God concerning salvation and His power that comes by way of salvation. The cross of Christ is the means by which God is able. It's the means by which God is able to save every individual. Every single one. All who will come, God is able to save. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In our text, in our scripture, 1 Corinthians, it's all about the cross. Why preach the cross? And why spend these Sundays talking about the cross? Why give out tracts? Why go door knocking? Why have a missions conference? Because of the cross. What Christ did for us. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. And let me just emphasize that when we speak of the cross, when we give the gospel, it must include all three. All three. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. We preach Christ and Him crucified. When we preach Christ, we preach His wisdom. We preach His power. We preach His reconciliation. We preach His forgiveness. We preach His love, we preach His sacrifice, we preach His salvation, and we preach His glory. We are to preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. Preach the entire counsel of the Word of God. That's why that, that we go through books. That's why on Wednesday night we're going through 1 Corinthians. On Sunday morning we're going through, through Mark and and then we'll pick those things up and we'll preach through books. And, and when you preach through books, you, you, don't, you tend to stay off the hobby horses. You let, you let the text do the preaching. It's the best way to preach. It's the best way to learn the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit, by preaching through the Word this way, the Holy Spirit has a way of just taking exactly what is needed and applying it to the heart of every single one of us. So we preach the entire counsel of the Word of God, but... In that preaching of the entire counsel of the Word of God, there's a scarlet thread running from cover to cover. And we must preach the cross. We must preach the death, the burial, and the resurrection. It's what we did tonight in song, in music, in the gathering. It's what we do when we live our lives for the Lord. We preach the cross. The death, burial, and the resurrection. What Christ did for us. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. Do you know it tonight? Do we live that power in our lives? I trust that we do. But as this week begins to unfold before us. As we are tempted to stray. Tempted to doubt. Tempted to get weary in well-doing. Tempted uh, by the devil. Uh, tempted by the sin and by the flesh the flesh of our flesh and the sin of the world, let's always come back to be reminded of the cross. It's the power of God and salvation. And there are people that desperately need to hear it. And how are they going to hear it? They're going to have to hear it through us. It's me, that's you. How beautiful are the feet of them that bring glad tidings of great joy, of good news, the gospel. That's your feet. That's my feet. That's our lives. Praise God for the cross. Let's bow our hearts in prayer.